Alright, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Judges chapter 6 tonight. Judges chapter 6 verse 12. And I want to preach a message tonight entitled, Where's Your ID? Where's Your ID? How many ever been to a nightclub or you've been to the, the clubs and, or, you, or you've been to the, you know, this is before you got saved. This is before you were a Christian, right? Okay. Yeah. And so you go to the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? The tavern and you go out to the bar and the guy will say, where's your ID? Where's your ID? And you know, sometimes the reason why I'm preaching on, you know, where's your ID is because many people, many Christians have lost their identity in Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Many people, many Christians have lost their identity in Jesus Christ. Where's your ID? Out of Judges chapter 6 verse 12. And the reason why I'm preaching this is because Jesus was attacked by the devil from the water when he was baptized, Jesus went into the wilderness and the devil attacked his identity. The devil was like, hey, if you're the Christ, turn these stones to bread. How many remember that story? Hey, if you're the Christ, you got to jump off. And he's attacking Christ's, Christ's identity. Are you the son of God? Are you really who you say you are? And you know what? The devil will attack who you are as a Christian. He will attack your identity. He will want to, you know what, identity theft. Anyone ever had their identity stolen? You know, fraud, oh, they've tried to, you know, act like you and it's not really you. That's identity theft. And the devil will want to do that in your life. Steal your identity in Christ. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 27 verse 3, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. I mean, you think about that statement. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. The way you see yourself will determine how you live your life. Come on, the way you see yourself determines how you live your life. If you see yourself as a failure, if you see yourself as a, you know what, a nobody. Listen, that is exactly how you're going to live your life. The Bible is so true. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And that's why so many people, so many Christians, instead of believing what God says about them, they're believing what other people have said about them. They're believing the lies that maybe their friends have told them. Oh man, you're, you're this and you're that. You're, you're nothing. That's why people feel rejected. People feel unloved. People feel unwanted in life because of the words spoken over them. And people have no idea who they are. Maybe your dad's spoken things about you in your life. Maybe you've had teachers speak things into your life that, you know what, ruined your life as a kid. I remember, you know what, I had, you know, young athlete, you think you're, you're really good at doing these things. And then the teacher, the sports teacher was like, hey, listen, you'll never make it because you're not black African-American. I was like, excuse me, man. And so I, I put in my mind, listen, I'm not going to let anyone speak. And so my identity was now lived in this sort of way. It's like, I'm not going to let anyone try and, you know, mold and shape my life. But I lived my life based on what other people told me how I should live. I lived my life on what I saw on TV, the usher. I, I lived my life like boys to men. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know, try to woo the girls, trying to sing the songs. This was my identity now. It's like the popular guy in school. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I remember the first time I started to sing, I was like, mm. And I was like, oh, my goodness, Bobby. Actually, no, they didn't call me Bobby. They called me Robbie. Hey, Robbie. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. So my identity is, is formed in this high school. My reputation is formed. But then I became a Christian. 
then I became saved. And, and so I'm trying to understand, you know, how can I now, you know, disconnect my fake identity to what Jesus says who I really am? And many of you understand what I'm saying because this is where we all come from. You know, we all come from broken homes. You know, most of us here tonight, we come from dysfunctional families. I was one of them. We all come from the world, and that's why it's very hard to process this new identity in Christ. It's so difficult to live for Jesus because we do, you know, still think like we used to think. We still, you know what, uh, you know, live how we used to live because of our so-called identity in our past. And we believe what other people have said about us. But listen, we need to believe what God says who we really are in Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's read our story tonight because, uh, you know, we need to understand how God sees us. Judges chapter 6 verse 12. It's a story where uh, Gideon is now being told on what to do to go and fight the battle. And let's listen to this story. Judges chapter 6 verse 12. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. I mean, you get this right. God is speaking to Gideon saying, You mighty man of valor. 13, verse 13, Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about? Saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Verse 14, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Verse 15 says, so he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Listen to his words. Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you. You shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Let's pray. God, I pray tonight that you help us to identify ourselves in your word. God, help us, Lord God, to you discern the lies from the enemy to what your word says about us. God, give us clarity tonight. I pray your anointing upon this message in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's consider number one, breaking the victim mindset. Breaking the victim mindset. All of us can fall into this victim mentality and be like, you know what, I am where I am because of, you know, my mom or my dad. And, you know, so this thing happened. And, and so we become a victim. And listen, the definition of identity is this, the personal characteristics that define a person by which they're recognized and known. Characteristics that make them unique. You see, God created you the way you are. That weird laugh that you have, <laughs> that's how God made you. <laughs> that weird smile that you have, God bless you with that awesome smile. That You know what? God bless you with your unique personality. How come you're different to other people? That's the way God made you. And many times we want to, you know what, act like someone we're not. I mean, this is the classic case of just this merry-go-round cycle of, you know, we go out to the nightclub and we be someone else. We go out to this and that and it's like we, we lose the, the true essence of who God created us to be. And there's a dilemma because when we become a Christian, many of us, we carry a lot of this mental, this emotional baggage with us. 
and we don't fully understand that God has transformed us. We don't fully understand that we're a work in progress. We're still thinking the way we used to think. We're still expecting the way we used to expect. But the Bible tells us, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so here it is, the way we're going to break these victim mindsets is through transformation by God. It's like saying, God, I need you to renew my mind where this transformation can come. Now, I don't know about you guys, or if you've seen, you know, the uh, National Geographic channels and you see how elephants are being trained. What they would do is they would tie a chain around this young elephant and they would tied around this elephant's leg and the little elephant will try to move and try its, its hardest to try and break, th- break free, but it'll realize it can't. It'll realize that, you know what, I'm not even going to try anymore. So what ends up happening over time, the elephant gets so large, so big, but it's so tamed now because whenever a chain goes around its leg, it knows very quickly I can't move. And so now they put a chain around this big elephant and put it in a little stake in the ground. And the elephant, with its power, can simply move, but decide not to because of the fact and how it's been programmed in the mind. Now, people are very much the same. We have past experiences that have become the chains on our lives. It has now gripped us and made us who we are. And then when we become a Christian, we're still chained to our past. Oh man, we know God can free us, but we're like, oh man, I'm stuck because of our identity that's kept us chained in bondage. But listen, we need to understand who we are in Christ. That God begins to break the chains from our hurt, our pain, our sin. That God is able to break the things that held us and hold us bound in our text God wants to use Gideon God's like hey Gideon you mighty man of valor listen I want you to go and fight in this battle but Gideon's like hey man what happened to the miracles what happened to all these things that happened and Gideon's arguing with God and God is like telling him hey listen I just called you you're a man of valor but you know Gideon didn't even listen to it and I find this funny because God uses the people who are unqualified. I mean, it's funny how God chooses and uses the unqualified. He's describing himself to God. He's like, God, I'm the weakest. He's like, man, God, I'm the least in my family. He's he's saying, how could I ever go and face this army and, and the angel of the Lord? I mean, he's telling him in verse 12, you read it for yourself. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. I mean, God knows who you are. God knows exactly what you can become, but if you stay focused on your past, if you stay focused on what is behind you, if you, if you keep hearing to the lies of the devil saying, hey, you'll always be this kind of person, you'll never be a Christian, you'll never be someone that's, you know what, going to be uh, involved in the kingdom. Listen, you'll always remain chained, never venturing forward into God's promise for your life. That's why you got to understand who you are in God. That's why you got to understand who God says you are. You are a man of valor. Stop believing that you're a victim. When you get saved, come on, you got to be a man of God. You got to be a woman of God and say, you know what? I'm a woman of valor. I'm a man of valor. I am who I am in Christ Jesus. We need to understand our identity. The devil's trying to, you know, cause identity theft in a lot of young people, a lot of people, even tonight. 
Galatians 2.20, we need to have this memorized in our minds. Listen, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. I mean, we need to get a revelation of God's love for us. Wow, God who loved me, who gave himself for me. I mean, Jesus who died on the cross. Jesus who, whose blood was able to wash away our sins. When we realize, wow, God, you did, this, you did that for me. When we realize the magnitude of God's love, we choose now no longer live in our sin. No longer live according to the world, but we live by Christ who lives inside of us. So it's time to break the victim mentality. It's time to break free from this mindset of a victim. You know, a victim is a person who has suffered hurt, loss, pain, injustice at the hands of another person and was unable to prevent it from ever happening. This victim mentality, the past experiences, the regret, the things that happen, you know what, now causes this identity to take place. And this mentality is this, you know what, I'm unable to cope anymore. I'm unable, I'm powerless now. You know, things happen to me, I can't do anything about it, so be it. It's a victim mindset. Oh, you know what, and so when you go to apply for jobs, oh, I'm unqualified, I'll never go for that. And so it's times like, you know what, and so it's like, man, we never choose to live by faith because of the chain of this victim mentality in our minds. It's like, you know what, when we realize, oh, how do we identify ourselves? You know, it's like, oh, we identify, I'm, I'm a musician, I'm, I'm this and that. But we need to come back and realize, man, no, we are Christ. We are in Christ. He, this is our identity, is in Christ Jesus. And so, you know what, the reality is, so many times with this victim mindset is we, we seem to blame everyone. Oh, we blame mom. Oh, we blame dad. Oh, we blame the brother and sister. Oh, we blame this. It's time to take responsibility. Get out of that self-pity party. Stop playing that music. Stop demanding someone to come and fix your, you know, your life. Come on, take responsibility. Don't let the past define who you are. Don't let people and their words wound you. Don't let it define who you are. Listen, you are who God says you are. You're not a mistake. You're not a failure. Your identity is in Christ. So let's talk about that secondly, identity in Christ. Because I want to give you some practical keys, three things, three practical keys. Number one, resolve the past. Resolve the past. A lot of us, man, it's like we're, we're just playing games with the devil and it's like we haven't really being converted to Jesus. We're still living in our sin, still living and playing with our sin. It's like, man, we keep going back to our past. And many times you read in the Old Testament how Moses delivers the people of Israel and they come out from slavery, from Egypt, and they begin to make their way into the promised land. And so get this six months from their journey from being delivered. They begin to think about going back to Egypt. You read it in Numbers 11, they're complaining about the, the food they're eating and they're saying, we remember the fish, we remember the garlic, we remember the leeks, the, the watermelons. They remember everything because when you're in a place where you haven't resolved the past, your past will always look appetizing. Your past will always look appealing. If you haven't gotten saved or given your life to Christ and fully surrendered, listen, your past would always look more appetizing than your future. 
So you got to resolve the past. You got to memorize Philippians 3.13. Brethren, come on, I do not count myself to have apprehended. He's saying, brethren, I am not, I'm not perfect. I haven't arrived or anything. But he says this, but one thing I do. Listen to this. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You got to resolve the past. And one way of resolving the past is you got to leave that behind. Leave the alcohol, leave the addictions and come to the altar and say, God, I'm going to resolve this tonight. God, I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to crucify my flesh. I'm going to repent of my sin. I'm going to forget that which is behind and I'm going to reach forward to the things that are ahead. If you're ever going to grow in Christ, if you're ever going to be secure, you've got to leave your past behind. Resolve the past. Hebrews 12 verses 1 through to 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. I mean, Paul is writing and he's saying, sometimes we, we're running this race with so many weights. It's like the burdens of, of the past, the burdens on our lives, the baggage that we're carrying, the chain that has held us bound. And Jesus, uh, Paul is writing and saying, man, you got to lay aside every weight. If you're going to make it, listen, if you're going to go through this Christian walk, you got to lay aside every weight and the sin that easily ensnares us. And he says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Number one, you've got to resolve the past. Number two, you've got to renew your mind. Renew your mind. That scripture, Romans 12 verse 2, I memorize that because I know where I come from. And many times the patterns in my mind is like, oh man, you know, I'm feeling kind of depressed. I need to go to, to the nightclub. Or I need to, you know, this is, it's like, oh man, I need to go get a drink. But no, no, it's like, no, no, do not be conformed to this world. A few translations say, do not be, you know, do not act like the patterns of this world. But it says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that's that word, transformed by renewing. Many times we're not transformed. We feel like we come to this point of Christianity. It's like, man, I'm still the same. Listen, you got to be transformed by renewing your mind. you got to renew your mind. How? It's by the word of God. When you renew your mind, listen, Paul writes further and says that you may prove what is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. If you want to know the will of God for your life, you got to be transformed by renewing your mind in God's word. You got to renew your mind by coming in church and say, God, here I am. Renew me in your presence. You got to renew your mind by living a lifestyle of praise and worship. When your mind wants to argue and complain, come on, renew your mind through praise and worship. Put on that worship music. Put on something that says, you know what, I'm going to renew my mind. God, renew me so that I don't have to, you know what, uh, walk by my flesh. I don't want to live and go back into my past. So resolve the past, renew your mind, because the Bible says in Philippians 4 verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. These things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do and the God of peace will be with you. 
You see, sometimes our minds are not at peace because we're meditating on all these problems. We're meditating on all the past. We're meditating on all these other things when we should be meditating on the things that are true, noble, just, pure, things that are lovely, of a good report. I mean, you think about that tonight. Are you meditating on these things that would stir your faith, that you now would believe in it and you would embrace it with all your heart? And when you, you know what, resolve the past, you renew your mind, this is where you begin to respond by faith. So number one, resolve the past, renew your mind, and respond by faith. When you learn to resolve the past, when you learn to renew your mind, the Spirit of God moves upon you and now you respond in faith in every situation of life, in every difficulty, in every trial, in every setback. You're living by faith. You're living. You resolve the past. I'm not living like that. You renewed your mind and now faith is restored. And now you're living as Romans 10, 17 says. So then faith comes by hearing and by hearing by the word of God. You're listening not to the lies of what people told you. You're listening to the word of God. That's faith. You're saying, man, I choose not to listen to gossip. I choose not to listen to the filth on the radio. I choose to listen to faith that comes through the word of God, that faith comes through the preaching, that faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. And this is where stability comes in place. I love it. This is how people begin to mature and grow in their faith. There's a stability about someone's life is because they've decided to leave the past behind. They've now decided that daily they're going to renew their mind and now they're responding in faith. There's this stability now. There's, you know what, James chapter 1 verse 8. He's not a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. If you look at a man and they're just like, you know what, undecided, they have no idea what they're doing, you realize very quickly this man is unstable or this woman is unstable in all their ways. But when someone is stable, they've, they've decided in their mind. They've decided, they made it a decision in their mind. You know what, I'm not living in my past anymore. I'm renewing my mind. And I'm responding by faith. You find very quickly this man or this woman is a man of faith, is a woman of faith. So resolve the past. Renew your mind and respond to live by faith. Faith is living by what God says about you. Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I want to give you a couple of things to maybe uh, get some scriptures down and, and you can memorize them. But these are the who I am in Christ. Number one, you are a child of God. 1 John 3, 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. I mean, we need to remind ourselves, man, I'm a child of God. Devil, you have no right to come into my family. You have no right to come into my home. I'm a child of God. Man, I love that worship song. I'm a child of God. You know what? We need to remind ourselves. We are children of the Most High. Galatians 3.26, For you are all the sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Secondly, you're a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. I love this. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. 
Come on now. It's amazing where we understand this revelation that, you know what, we're not who you used to be in the past. That through Jesus Christ, we are a new creation and the old things have passed away. All things become new. Thank you, Jesus. Man, <laughs> thank you, Lord, that I'm not addicted to the things that I used to be addicted. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm no longer, you know, the person who I used to be a year ago. Come on. Thank God that Jesus has the power, hallelujah, to transform us. The new creation. We need to remind the devil and say, hey, come on, I'm a new creation. Woo, come on, I'm a believer in Christ Jesus. Number three, we are the dwelling of God. We are the temple of God. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? This is your identity. You're, you're, the, you're the vessel that God wants to deposit power in your life, that God wants to deposit uh, the anointing upon your life. You need to be reminded, man, I'm not going to be filling myself with sin. I'm not going to be filling myself. I'm going to be filling myself with His presence because that is who I am, the temple of God where the Spirit of God dwells in us. Number four, heirs of God. Romans 8, 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen. Heirs in Christ. Fifth thing is we're a saint. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 2, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if we indeed suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Saints in Christ Jesus. Number six, the priests. We are priests in Christ Jesus. Revelations 5 verse 10, and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on earth. This is who we are in Christ. That when the earth have passed away and everything has been removed, we are kings and priests to our God. We shall reign on the earth. Number seven, we're citizens of heaven. Thank God for that. Ephesians 2 verse 19. Now therefore you no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Thank you, Jesus. Number eight, we are ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We're conquerors in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.37, in all things we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. Number 10, we are His workmanship. Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Number 11, we are the beloved of God. Romans 1 verse 7, to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You need to make sure you remind yourself all these things, man. I'm, my identity is in Christ. Where's your ID? It's in Christ Jesus. Thirdly, and I close, it moves us from victim to victor. In our text, Gideon goes from this victim now to a victor. And this could be said of your life, that you could be someone who lives through and through with victory because of who you are in Christ Jesus. God brings victory on Gideon's behalf. 
God brings an awesome miracle because Gideon chose to live his identity with God despite his own shortcomings, despite his own insecurities, despite his own past. God was able to move in his life and bring victory. Because of Jesus, you and I have victory. Can you say amen? Greater is he that's he than he that is in the world. That's why we ought to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. 2 Peter 3.18 We are in Christ and there is victory. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he made him knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Jesus you know, many times we're like, oh man, we need to remind ourselves, I am the righteousness of God in Jesus. Man, we, so many times you might feel condemned. You, you know what, we're not perfect, but I'm telling you, we are the righteousness of God in Him. He became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Amen. Proverbs 24 verse 16, for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. I mean, this is the wonderful revelation of the grace of God and the righteousness of God is that though a righteous man falls seven times, he's able to rise again. But the verse goes on and says, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. What that's talking about is the people who are wicked, who just want to sin, who just plan devices to go and sin. They will fall by calamity. But a righteous man, although he's not perfect, although he falls, his heart, his desire is to say, oh man, God, he hates his sin. He hates it when he sins and he's wanting to get back to God. He's desiring to pursue God. That's the difference of a righteous man. Whereas a wicked man, he's like, man, I love my sin. I'm just going to keep living my life. That's like the people in the world. That's like who we used to be. We will fall by calamity. But the righteous man, though he falls seven times, may rise again. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 and I close. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities than the power of Christ may rest upon me. In your weakness, Jesus is made, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And our identity is not in who we are and yeah, our shortcomings, our identity is in Christ. That you know what? When we're at our at the end of ourselves, when we're at the end of ourselves, it is the beginning of Him. It is the beginning of Jesus. I mean, you can see it all throughout the Bible. The woman who was caught in adultery, this was her reputation. Everyone was saying, Man, this girl is being caught in adultery. This woman, you know, just ready to ridicule and stone her. But yet Jesus steps in and, and begins to defend her, restores her identity and tells her, go, sin no more. The woman with the issue of blood, this is who she was known. I mean, throughout the Bible, the woman with the issue of blood, no name, this is her identity. But yet one touch with Jesus Christ changes her life completely and her identity is now restored. Listen, Jesus Christ wants to restore your true identity. Don't try and put up a front. Don't try, you know what, go uh, to certain places. And you know what, listen, God knows exactly who you are. And He loves you the way He made you. And identity is restored when we come to Jesus and say, Jesus, here I am. I'm a sinner. 
I want you to renew my mind. I, I, I repent of my sins. And Jesus says to us, go, sin no more. We're now able to live in victory because of His forgiveness and for His grace. Amen. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Where's your ID? Simple message tonight. I believe God want to help us, you know, because many of us here tonight, you know, you, you've come, you've been saved for over a year now. And I believe God wants more for you. You know, you've, you've been here, you've been coming along, and it's like, you know, oh, yeah, what, what's next? Listen, where's your identity? Do you know who you are in Christ Jesus? Because I'm telling you, if you just keep living the way you are, come a year, come another year, you're going to still be the same person. But when you know who you are in Christ Jesus, you go from glory to glory. Yeah, we're not perfect, but Christ begins to work in us. Christ begins to mold and shape us. We choose to not be the same way we are. We're praying, God, I, want, I don't want to be the same person that I am a month ago, two months ago. What about you, my brother, my sister? You got to look back of your life and say, man, how far have I come? Be thankful, be grateful, but also let it be a reminder that, man, hey, there's more. Hallelujah. I'm going to press on in this faith. Paul says, one thing I do, I'm going to leave that behind. I'm going to press forward. Pressing forward means that there's going to be op opposition, but I'm pressing. I'm going to keep on pressing. Friends might tell you to come back. Friends might tell you to come and do this and do that. Listen, why don't you press forward in Christ Jesus? Where's your ID? Because one day, my friend, my brother, my sister, that's the same question that's going to be asked for each and every one of us. Where's your ID? Where's Jesus on your life? Where's the blood? The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, then comes the judgment. And if you haven't been forgiven, if Jesus is not your righteousness, God will see straight through and see your sin and condemn you to a devil's hell. And so that's why he sent his own son, Jesus to die on the cross. We just had Easter just on the Sunday. Jesus Christ died on the cross. They nailed Him, His hands. They nailed His feet. They put a crown of thorns on his, on his head. He that became sin for us. Jesus took your place. Jesus took my place so that when we get to heaven, that when we die and we face judgment, God can see the blood of Jesus Christ on our lives if we accept Jesus in our lives. Where's your ID? Can you imagine standing in heaven before God and God's like, depart from me, I, I never knew you. Oh, but I came to church. I, 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 I sang some songs. I, I listened to the sermons, Lord. Where's your ID? What did you do with Jesus? I gave you the opportunity on Wednesday night. You, you rejected Maybe you're here tonight, you're not saved, you're not right with God. You say, yep, that's me, I'm not, I've lost my identity, but I want to have Jesus Christ in my life. I want His grace, I want to be forgiven. If that's you tonight, I want you to do one simple thing. Raise your hand with mine and say, yes, can you pray for me? I need Jesus in my life, I want a new start. If that's you, can you lift your hand with mine? This is just between you and God. You raise it before God and say, yep, that's me. I want to be forgiven, I want my sins forgiven. You be honest with yourself, first of all. And you'll be honest with God. Say, yes, that's me. I'm a sinner.
and I need forgiveness. I know I wouldn't make heaven my home. If that's you all across this place, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If God is pulling on your heart, He's, he's tugging on your heart right now, wouldn't you respond and say, yes, that's me. I need Jesus. God bless you at the back. I see that hand. Anyone else want to join this honest heart and say, yes, that's me. I need Christ in my life. I don't want to stand before God and be condemned to a devil's hell. My friend, God loves you and He died on the cross for you. Won't you join this honest heart and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, raise it up nice and high so I can see it. And I count it a privilege to pray with you. Maybe you're backslidden in your heart. Maybe you once had a walk with Jesus. Maybe you once had a relationship with Jesus, but you've gone back into your old lifestyle. You've gone and put back the chains in which you were freed from. If that's you tonight, raise your hand and say, yep, that's me. I want to come back to Christ. Lift it up. Lift it up. No one looking around. This is just between you and God. Lift it up. Lift it up. Amen. God bless you. God bless. People are being real and honest tonight. Thank you. This is between you and God. This is not, I'm not asking, you know, join a church. I'm not asking you to sign anything. This is, I'm asking you, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? And another question is, does he know you? Because the Bible says when we stand before God, when we die, he'll say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Or he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. What is it going to be tonight, my friend? Does Jesus know you? If you don't have the assurance in your heart that you wouldn't make heaven your home, don't leave it. Do it tonight. Lift your hand, lift it up. No one looking around. This is between you and God. Lift it up. I count it a privilege to pray with you. Join his honest hands. God bless you. Those of you who raise your hand. Anyone else want to join his honest heart? Say, yes, that's me. I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to come and and start a new life with Christ. I want to have eternal life in heaven. If that's you, raise it up. Raise it up. No one looking around. God loves you. He doesn't want you to just come to church and just be the same. God loves you. He wants to transform your life. And tonight's the night. You want to be transformed. You want a new start. You want a new beginning. Tonight's the night. Lift it up. Say, yep, that's me. Pray for me. Could you pray for me? I need, a, I need forgiveness. Could you pray for me? Lift it up. No one looking around. God bless. Amen. Uh, my brother, my sister, the back there, you met that. Amen. Come. Come to the front. Amen. Come. Pray at this altar. stand at this altar and just just repeat this prayer after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I'm asking you to come into my life. I repent of my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me with your blood. I know that you died and rose again. The same power that raised you from the dead I'm asking to live within me. I thank you that I am a new creation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Just pray right here at this altar. Amen. Church, these altars are open. Why don't we come out of our seats and let's pray and say, you know what, God, I've been living like my past. Come, come out of your seat. Your identity is not in who you used to be. Your identity is in Christ Jesus. Your identity is not in what your boys tell you or your girlfriends tell you. Your identity is in Jesus. We've got to be a church that, you know what, will respond by faith. We've got to be a church in these last days that say, man, I, I need to resolve my past. I, I need to renew my mind. I need to respond by faith. We need to have a refreshed 
mindset tonight, man, our identity is in Christ. I'm not going to live by the world's standards. I'm going to live by the Word of God. I'm not going to live by the, my, my traditions and the culture of my family. No, I'm living by the Word of God. Where's your ID? It's in Christ Jesus. Come on, let's pray tonight, church. Lift up your voice. Let's pray. Father God, I'm asking that you minister upon this altar tonight, God. I pray, God, that you renew and restore, God, whatever the enemy has stolen. In the name of Jesus Christ, minister right now. Stay at this altar tonight. God wants to renew your passion. God wants to renew your zeal. Hallelujah. Come on, we need to be back on the streets witnessing. You know what? The devil's stolen our identity. We used to be out on the streets witnessing to everything that moves. But I feel like the devil's stolen some people's identity. Weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will. 